You're listening to Hub City Hoops Talk, powered by The Nation. Here are your hosts, Austin Massey and Jacob Harris. What's going on, everyone? It's the Hub City Hoops Talk podcast. I'm Austin Massey. He's Jacob Harris. Guys, Texas Tech just blew Kansas out at home. Um, 29-point win, Jacob. I'm so excited to go over this win today with you guys. Um, but as always, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, we're getting super close to 200 subscribers. Any support you can give helps. Jacob, where do we even start, man? Do we start with a Darian Williams 100% uh, field goal percentage kind of effort? Where do we start here? I mean, you can start with Daddy Darion uh, going off for a uh, 30, 30-burger. 30 I mean, th- that was probably the best individual performance I think we've seen out of a Red Raider in I don't know how long. I mean, that was insane. The the dude couldn't miss. Couldn't miss. I mean, he he he. I mean, Darian Williams has always been a he's a high upside guy, and he's still he's still kind of finding his bearings because he's such a. I think that for McCaslin, he's such a versatile player. It's like, how do I yeah. utilize this guy to his fullest capabilities? Right? Because he can pass, he can shoot, he can rebound, he does everything. He plays probably Tech's best defender. Um, but I really like what they did yesterday. I don't think they were necessarily like you know throw, giving him the ball as like the not really like a. Uh, point guard but they they were letting him operate the ball at the top of the key and kind of work the office and and, and facilitate um and so you actually saw uh darian williams throw a couple alley-oops to warren washington yesterday a couple mm-hmm. of really good just high level passes you know who else has been passing pretty well is robert jennings um he's had a couple good passes the last few games obviously pop isaacs is really coming on as a passer he that that one play last night i think it was in the second half where pop through that one-handed kind of kind of like a, a low baseline pass to Chance McMillan cutting to the basket. I mean, that was just an incredible play overall. Chance McMillan with a acrobatic left-handed finish at the basket. And then, I mean, the, they, they showed the replay on the, on the pass and just the one-handed laser just right in between the defenders. Uh, but so much to talk about really with this one. Um, but let's just start with the implications of the win. You know what I mean? Because like that was a huge, huge win. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I, I we're getting to the point where it's like every game, I, I feel like it's a must win, right? And I'm like, man, Texas Tech has to win this game. It's it, it could be a resume kind of defining win. This was exactly that. I mean, we took a look at the analytics and they have Texas Tech essentially shot up anywhere from 10 to 17 points on all the mm-hmm. analytics sites. The net, they went up 12, um, you know, BPI, they went up several spots, uh, strength of schedule at several spots. Um, so this was a tournament defining win for them, Jacob. Talk to me about um, kind of your thoughts there. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Now the pressure's, I mean, not necessarily off when you go into Ames on Saturday, but there's definitely less pressure to go get that one because you've already, you know, you've already had this incredible win this week that, you know, like you said, between 10 and 15, you know, you increase in most of these, you know, analytical rankings, which is insane for one win. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of, it kind of changes things. You lost three in a row. I think most maybe expect you to win, to lose, you know, four out of your five. They didn't really expect Kansas to come in here and lose. Um, but they did. And man, now, now it looks like you could go and win 12, 13 conference games if you get on a run here. I mean, Iowa State's obviously probably going to be the toughest yeah. game left on your schedule, and they're coming up next. And then after that, you get, 
you know, UCF on the road, Texas at home, you get a bunch of home games and yeah. your, your remaining road games after that don't look as daunting. You have West Virginia on the road and Oklahoma state on the road as well. But I mean, this is, you're right. This is a, this is a seeding defining win where you could look at resumes in March and kind of look at it and be like, well, you know, this win could, could even promote them a seed line, you know, instead of yeah. being the seven, eight, they could be in the five, six range now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I, I follow several of the bracketologist guys on Twitter. Um, and pretty much, I, I think the general consensus right now is they're anywhere from a five to a seven seed. I think seven seeds kind of on the lower end. Um, the average kind of seeding that I'm seeing right now is around a six. But you know, put it this way, if Texas Tech drops this game, I mean, it's not only the the, the implications from an analytics standpoint are pretty significant. Um, I mean, obviously, Texas Tech, I think, was a slight underdog, according to Ken Palm and mm. uh, Bart Torvik. Very slight. It was like a half a point or something. But um, the analytical kind of uh, implications here are massive. But also, that's another Q1 win for Texas Tech. It probably will end up going down as a Q1A win as well. Um, I think Kansas actually dropped out of the top 15 of the net because of their they got beat so bad. But wouldn't surprise me if they finish in the top 15 of the net. Um, if they do finish in the top 15 of the net, that would be considered a Q1A win for Texas Tech, which is kind of like the the elite of the elite wins um, that the you know the the committee is going to be looking at. Essentially, they break it down Q1A, Q1B. Um, you know, and then just overall Q1, Q2 records, things like that, um, plus all the analytics. Um, so these are this was a monumental win for them. Um, you know, like I said, Texas Tech loses here. They could be sliding down to an eight, nine, you know, nine seed probably. Um, so a huge win. Uh, and then let's just go over the game itself, Jacob. I mean, obviously, Texas Tech came out pretty hot in the first half uh, shooting. Um, but then, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit off the air, but in the second half, I mean, Texas Tech went two of 12 from three point, yet, you know, they were still able to win this game by 29 points. Yeah, I think um, I think they shifted more into a defensive mindset in the second half, which worked out very, very well for them. Um, and, you know, and they I feel like they they pressed to get outside shots less. They like you kind of like you said at the beginning, they let Darion Williams kind of really work in that top key free throw area. And he got a lot of, of running shots kind of towards the lane. He did hit four outside shots, which was insane. Um, but I mean, besides that, you were looking to drive the ball a lot. Obviously Hunter Dickinson didn't have a great game. And I think you really tried to attack him and KJ Adams um, towards the end of that game. And I think it worked out in your favor because by the end of the game, it just Kansas had no answer for anything you did. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, actually, went and looked at Bart Torvik, and uh, according to um, the analytics, that was Texas Tech's best defensive performance of the year, mm -hmm. um, at least against Power Five competition. <laughs> Texas, I, I don't know if you remember, but Texas Tech opened up the season. They held uh, Texas A&M Commerce to forty-six points, and then they held San Jose State to forty-two points. Um, so obviously, those two, uh, you know, the analytics loved those defensive performances, but. In terms of, you know, the, the games against teams with the Pulse, this was by far Texas Tech's best defensive performance. It's not even really close, actually. I'm looking here. They're, they're kind of their closest, you know, second in line uh, would be that home or the away game against Texas where they pulled off that, that kind of upset road victory. Um, 
But even then, this was, uh, you know, a, elite defensive performance. And then it was just such a balanced performance. I think that's what really stood out to me. I thought I thought that McCaslin had a really good game plan for kind of keeping Dickinson out of the paint. I think that, you know, when you really look at Kansas, like they do not shoot the three well. They don't really no. have other other than Furphy. I mean, Timberlake was kind of shooting the three well last night, which is uh, a rarity for, for how he's been this year. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't really have to worry about them from the outside. It almost felt like at points Tech was just leaving, you know, Dewan Harris wide open, leaving Hunter Dickinson wide open. Obviously, they weren't giving Furphy much space, but the game plan was to kind of front Dickinson. They, they, I think they did bring a couple doubles at, at a couple points, but really, they, they just, they just were very physical with Dickinson, which is like really the only way you can stop that guy. I mean, I've, I've watched Kansas play several times this season. And he is very good at kind of just navigating his way into the lower paint, even without the ball in his hands. He sets himself up really well position wise. And then he just has a little dump off, you know, a couple foot bucket. Um, and he's very good around the basket. Last night, he was rattled the Texas Tech's physicality. I think there was a fan that put out a tweet kind of showing uh, Dickinson, you know, kind of some cheap shots to Robert Jennings and, and to Warren Washington. And mm -hmm. I think that that, I think that was just pure frustration. And I think that you could, that's a big testament to the game plan, but also how about freaking Robert Jennings, man? I mean, he is a sophomore um, and he really stood his ground, uh, you know, from a physicality standpoint with Hunter Dickinson. Well, and, and it just feels like Robert Jennings is just, he is on the, uh, you know, kind of on the up and up for Texas tech. What are your thoughts with his kind of, uh, you know, recent developments? You know, a month ago, I really thought maybe you should give another person a chance to take that backup five spot. But now, holy crap, it's like night and day. It's, I mean, he played so well last night in moments where, I mean, I, it looks like Washington tweaked his ankle or something. Obviously, yeah. he came back in. But those were big minutes because there were, there were still 11, 12 minutes left in the game and you were up, you know, 20-ish. But, you, you know, you can see a Kansas comeback if, if Robert Jennings doesn't play well. And he just – you were right. He stood his ground. He played excellent defense on Dickinson. It made him really hard to catch the ball. And when he did catch the ball, you know, game plan-wise, they did a very good job of bringing somebody down to, to kind of pressure him from the other side. Yeah. Um, and that led to a lot of either bad shots or missed shots. They, they did a very good job boxing out last night as a team. Um, you know, Dickinson held to only two offensive rebounds and they were both on the same possession where I think he should have been called for a foul for pushing Rob Jennings in the back. Yeah. Like I thought he played so good last night. If he could continue the, to play at that level, I think that exponentially, exponentially increases where this team could finish this season. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm looking here at Robert Jennings stats just, you know, over the last, it looks like he really started to kind of pick up minutes right around that Cincinnati game. And I obviously mm -hmm. Warren was dealing with the flu and stuff like that, but um, he had a, a conference high. So in terms of big 12 play, he had his most minutes um, in big 12 play against Kansas. He had 20 minutes last night. Um, his, his other highs were 16 minutes against Cincinnati and Baylor. Um, but looking at, you know, ever since he kind of entered the rotation, truly, um, he's actually leading the team in offensive rebound percentage. Um, so that's mm. something to keep an eye on. He's his defensive rebound percentage numbers aren't quite where you'd like them to be. I think he's still the thing that he's doing so well, though, is he is boxing out, he's being physical. And then you have your guards like 
it's so good to see Texas Tech's guards jumping for rebounds and, and just showing some enthusiasm yeah. on that end of the floor. It's like, it, it almost is like a light bulb went off for this team, right? Like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta like, this does Texas Tech does feel like a team to me that really gets up for the bigger moments, but maybe against like lesser opponents, they could fall asleep a little bit and kind of, they just don't take, I don't, that's what it felt like with Cincinnati for me and UCF as well. Um, it felt yeah. like they were very asleep those games. But let's look at the big like key games this year. BYU, you know, they had a stuff a tough start to the game, but they came back and played incredible. Texas, they went on the road and smoked Texas. I mean, that's looking like a really good win right now because oh, Texas yeah. is playing good ball. Um, they went on the road and beat Oklahoma, and you know that one they were a little bit. It was a little bit iffy, but last night, I mean, that was Texas Tech's best performance of the year for all forty minutes by far. Um, and what was so impressive is they did it on a night where. The, they shot two of 12 from three in the second half, like you said. Um, so it's just, if this team can, you know, find find a way to keep that level of consistency with their physicality, with their defense, I mean, the sky is really the limit. I, I think it that is. that is really, that is, when you really look at the core kind of <laughs> problems with, it, with Texas Tech when they've, you know, maybe been exposed or lost some games, it's always it's always originated kind of in the on the glass and then on the defensive side of the ball for Texas Tech to I mean they didn't just beat Kansas on the glass they obliterated them I mean it was like it was not even close I mean I 42 to 26 was the Mm -hmm. total rebounding I mean that's just insane they held Kansas at 33 percent from the field Um, another crazy stat tweeted about this last night but they held Kansas to zero second chance points for the entire game. Um, and when you're playing Hunter Dickinson, that's pretty that's pretty incredible of a stat. Yeah. Um, that guy is a elite rebounder, um, and he is really good around the rim once he catches an offensive rebound. Um, so for Texas Tech to kind of shut that side of their game down, obviously Kansas didn't have McCuller. I don't think it would have made much of a difference. If anything, the crowd would have just no. been more riled up. Um, mm. Texas Tech's going to win this game regardless. Um, Kansas has obviously, you know, some serious flaws. They their performance seems to really decline, kind of a, a, away from Fog Allen. But um, also, that. I mean, yeah, imagine that. And, and another thing, just to point out, guys, is like Texas Tech, you know, beats Kansas by a historical amount. I mean, it's the their worst loss to an unranked team in like, you know, 60 years or something, or maybe even longer, 70 years. And Pop Isaacs went one of nine from the field. Um, Joe Toussaint went two of nine from the field. Kerwin Walton went two of seven from the field. And Chance McMillan went three of eight from the field. I mean, that's incredible. You know, it's like, obviously, Terry and Williams uh, putting together one of the best analytical performances of the last 25 years Absolutely. doesn't hurt. But I mean, like th- for this team to be able to win, Jacob, and and just win without their two best guards, kind of, act, you know, n- neither of their two best guards put up over ten points for them to be able to win this game. It says so much about this team. It does. I think uh, I think that versatility is going to be needed going down the stretch. Um, I mean, if if Darion Williams can continue to blossom into this kind of star, like. Watch out because now you have yeah. Pop Isaacs that can drop 30 at any point. Darion Williams, who just dropped 30. I mean, you know, Warren Washington is, is going to get you a solid, you know, anywhere between eight and 15. You know, Tucson might not help you a ton in the scoring department, but he's going to be a, a distributor. Chance McMillan's going to come off the bench and get, and get you 10. I mean, I know he didn't have a great night either last night, but 
I mean, shooting wise, defensively and defensively, I thought everybody played very, very well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, at any point, any one of these guys can just go off, and that that's what that's what this program has been missing for the last few years. Yeah, and I'm looking here. Um, so over the last three games, guys, uh, Darian Williams is averaging 20 points a game. <laughs> um, so he put up 17 against Baylor. He was probably the best best player against Baylor, uh, you know, for Texas Tech. He put up 13 points against UCF um, and then 30 points against Kansas. He's all, He also has had uh, double doubles in his last two games. Um, he's also got like a 4.0 assist to turnover ratio the last couple of games. So, I mean... The guy is just, he does it all. Um, and I love what Texas Tech is doing with their offense. I, I'm The one thing I will say that a little bit was a little bit concerning last night, it just feels like Joe Toussaint is, a, is, I don't know what's going on. He got so off balance at so many times last night and it just really out of yeah. control, ball handling. Um, and that's, that's a little concerning for me. I, I think that this team, you know, they, they just really have to be cautious about turnovers. Thankfully, last night it didn't matter. Um, they actually ended up being pretty had, – had a pretty clean game turnover-wise. But going on the road – Eight. Eight, yeah, which is – I mean, we'll take that any day of the week, right? Mm -hmm. So will Grant McCaslin. But yeah. you're about to go on the road and play Iowa State uh, against, you know, a defense who's probably up there with Houston in terms of how good they are um, from an efficiency standpoint and then also – just their scheme and their overall kind of um, their, their roster and, and the way that that team is deployed defensively, it's going to be a really tough game. So keep an eye on turnovers against Iowa state. They have to play a clean game. Joe Toussaint cannot be out of control. Um, and then pop, I mean, he's really, it, that was the one thing last night about pop. I, I thought he had a pretty rough game shooting again. He's got, he's on a little bit of a slump. Um, he seems to be, getting blocked a lot around the rim and things like that. He still has to learn to get a little bit more creative with his, um, you know, his attacking and things like that. But the one thing he did so well was just his, his passing, man. I mean, I, I don't know if you caught on to that in the second half, Jacob, oh, yeah. but um, he really, I mean, he had three assists in the first half, two in the second half, but um, his ability, you know, just to kind of make things happen. Um, and, and, he's getting better and better. I can, I can think of that. I think it was in the second half where pop drove it to the rim. Um, he got kind of closed out pretty good. Kansas is a good defensive team. He didn't have a shooting lane once he got to the rim. So he kind of like hooked it around and swung it outside of Darian Williams. And then Darian Williams just drilled the three. That was a play for me where I was like, man, this is, this is what pop Isaacs needs to do because defenses have to respect him. They, they, the one thing that I will say is he gets blocked a lot, but that's because a lot of the times the defenses are collapsing on him in the paint. Um, so for him to be able to kind of, you know, poke the ball out to the, to the outside, to your shooters, to Kerwin, to Darian, Chance, that is going to be a game changer for Texas Tech. Absolutely. I think he's developed as a point guard so much this year. I mean, honestly, going into this year, I thought maybe he was, he was better suited to play the two. Um, going forward, but no, I think he's I think he's become a better distributor of the basketball than Joe Toussaint. I think he I think he's got more control of the offense. Obviously, I don't know what's going on with Joe. Um, yeah. He's obviously he's a worker. He's a grinder. Um, he relies on physicality in his game, and if he's not going to get a lot of foul calls like he did kind of earlier in the conference season. Um, then, then he, then his game is not going to be as effective. I think part of the reason he's got getting calls is because, like you said, he's coming in a lot 
really unbalanced and uncoordinated. Yeah. And it just looks like you can see with some of his drives, you can just see teams even like taking a step back because of how out of control yeah. he is. And that's why, and I think that's why he gets, you know, turns the ball over a lot in the paint. Um, last night he did have a couple of plays. He literally threw it directly to Dewan Harris at one point. Um, that led to an easy layup. Like, and and I think I think he'll break out of it. I mean, obviously he played very well against Baylor. He played pretty good against UCF, and he didn't have a terrible game last night. Shooting wise, wasn't great. He had that one costly turnover, but defensively, I think he's still playing pretty okay. And and I think he's still probably one of your best five out there. Yeah, I mean, he, the, the the one positive for him offensively was he did shoot it two of four from three. I think that mm-hmm. he's been struggling pretty. I mean, it felt like he started the season off so hot from deep. I mean, we were like, wow, like maybe yeah. this is actually going to be part of his game. Um, you know, he was he's never really been known to be more than like a 33 kind of percentage three point shooter. Um but it seems like he's kind of come back to reality. Um, but again, I mean, it's not like it's just Joe struggling. I mean, Pop is, is struggling mm. as of late, too. He struggled against UCF um, from the field. And the one of six from three last night for from Pop. I mean, he 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 Pop took some bad shots last night. I think that's the that's like the one thing offensively that that Pop and Joe have to really try to resist is they'll once the shot clock starts to dwindle down to seven, you know, eight, seven, eight seconds. That, that's when those guys can take or they're pretty prone to taking you know crazy shots that's kind of where i think you gotta i don't know that you texas tech just has to have a little bit more um just in more kind of enthusiasm almost earlier in the shot clock because getting down to that six you know five second range of the play clock um that's where bad things happen pop was taking like you know in beyond nba range three-point shots last night they weren't really yeah, working out i think airballed one hit the front of the rim on another um what i want to see pop doing is like you know take take those threes but take them earlier in the shot clock whenever you he's so good at creating space from his defenders with his ball handling and i feel like that's when he's best shooting i i I don't think he's really at his best shooting when he's having to to force a shot up um but i don't know just i i I would look for hope for pop and joe to to be a little bit more selective with their three-point shots moving forward particularly pop and then chance mcmillan has been struggling a little bit from three lately and just scoring in general um but hey those guys are struggling kind of as of late but texas tech still finding a way to win games who would have thought looking at this team jacob that the front court would actually be winning this team games (laughs) oh yeah it's crazy um, I'm really impressed with how the two of them, you know, being Washington and Williams have really held yeah. up without really very much behind them. I mean, I mean, who, you have Robert Jennings coming off the bench and he plays the five. I mean, Lamar Washington didn't get very much run last night, but you've yeah. seen him come in at the four. Um, so, yeah, I, it's just it, it's crazy to see those two just hold up to 30 plus minutes of play every night in the Big 12 and still be as efficient and as impactful as they are. Yeah, it's going to be something to keep an eye on with Warren. Uh, he did tweak his foot last night, like we, I think everyone kind of saw. Pop mm-hmm. also took a, a pretty bad knee to his knee area, it looked like, from KJ Adams. Um, that's another thing, man. Texas Tech did such a good job on KJ Adams, too. I think he's a guy that really worried me. I, I did mm-hmm. think that Darian Williams could handle him because Darian Williams is just so freaking good. I, I'm I feel pretty confident you could match him up on pretty much any team's four man in the in the country, and he's going to do a pretty good job on them defensively. Um, he's physical for only being a sophomore. 
he's pretty stocky, you know, for, for being six foot eight. Um, mm -hmm. He's got the strength that he needs to kind of maintain stuff in the low block defensively. Um, but man, they held KJ Adams in check. And I, I want to say on the broadcast last night, they said that KJ Adams had one of the highest field goal percentages in the big 12, um, yeah. you know, over 60% or something like that. Yeah, he, so, did. He, he shot one of 10 last night, which tells you exactly what you need to know about Darion yeah. Williams and how he played defense last night. Yep. And they just did, they did a good job. Like he, KJ Adams, he had a couple, I think he had that little like alley-oop kind of uh, off the glass thing that he had early in the game. But other than that, like all of his shots were uncomfortable. They were outside of his normal range. Like he, a couple of shots for KJ Adams, he was trying to hit little bank shots off the glass from like mm -hmm. further, further out than you would like to see. You know what I mean? Like those are shots you want to be, you know, well in within the paint for, um, but Texas Tech just did such a good job. And again, it's like, where has this physicality been all conference play, right? It's been it's been pretty pretty spotty, I guess, to say the best. But um, if Texas Tech can keep rebounding at this level and keep the, – the biggest thing for me is keep up the physical intensity. Like if they can do that, they have a chance to compete with Iowa State on the road. Like they really do. The thing about Iowa State, though, is if you're going to go there and beat them, you have to be flawless. You can't turn the ball over. You can't take stupid shots. Um, and you got to stay composed. I mean, I watched that that Iowa State TCU game, and TCU had a couple of chances. They came back a couple of times from from you know relatively larger deficits. But the one thing that you know Iowa State continued to do was just they were so disciplined offensively. Um, so look for Texas Tech if they're going to win this game. They have to be extremely disciplined. Um, they need to be like you know right around eight uh, to seven turnovers on the game probably. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, they're going to have to shoot the three. Um, they're going to have to shoot the three well. So, um, you know, Kerwin Waltz and Chance McMillian, those guys are going to have to step up big. Darian Williams, too, I just noted, or just solved for the season. He doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but he's actually up over 40% on the year from three, too, which is pretty uh, pretty bizarre. I mean, he's he, again, he, he usually only takes about three three-pointers a game. Um but man, so impressed with that kid. He is going to be an all big 12 player next season. Um, and he's just going to continue to get better. I mean, this is a Mountain West freshman conference uh, player of the year last year or freshman of the year, I should say. Um, and this is a, a kid who's playing in his first big 12 season. Um, super underrated. A lot to look forward to with him. I mean, you could argue that there's a chance he may be the best player on the team next year, you know, yes, depending on depending on who Texas Tech gets in the portal. Um, but you know, a couple, couple of, a uh, couple of, I guess, concerning things in the Kansas game. But overall, best performance of Texas Tech season so far. Their best defensive performance. They were very good offensively. Um, they, they were, they crushed Kansas on the boards. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to. And then Jacob, real quick, um, looking ahead at the Iowa State game. What are some key things that um, you know we need to see from Texas Tech to get the win? Like you said, shoot the ball. Don't turn it over. Um, Play some solid defense and hope and pray that there's no Hilton magic on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be. What time is the game at, by the way? 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Well, that may actually benefit Texas Tech. Yeah, um, I think it would. And a little sleepy, maybe not as drunk as normal mm -hmm. uh, as their usual 5 p.m. games. But, um, yeah, guys, a lot to look forward to. Absolutely massive win. Um, they blew Kansas out. Hunter Dickinson had five points. He he shot at two of 12 from the field. Um, Bill Self got ejected. 
Uh, Kevin McCuller didn't play, but he even got his own little chant going and rubbed some Kansas fans the wrong way. Um, but man, what a, what a, like a weekend kind of, I guess, you know, big Monday yesterday, but Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl, Texas Tech's obviously been two and oh in their last two games, um, protected home court. Like they had to, I mean, Jacob, if, if, if Texas Tech loses these last two games, um, all of a sudden, you know, there it's, things are getting scary, right? Like they're, no, they're firmly, firmly on the bubble, but they took care of business. Um, if they would have beaten Cincinnati, man, they would probably be close to a three or a four seed right now, which is mm -hmm. crazy to think about. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, um, everyone seems to be healthy again uh, from the flu, at least. Let's let's see, wait and see what happens with Warren Washington. But the guys do get several days off until their next game. Um, but as always, guys, Jacob, thanks for joining today, man. Um, hit that subscribe button, guys. Hit the like button. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you for the Iowa State preview.